Welcome, Weirdos! I'm Darren Marlar, and this is Weird Darkness. Here you'll find stories of the paranormal, supernatural, mysterious, macabre, unsolved, and unexplained. If you have a dark tale to tell, you can share it with me at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. And be sure to subscribe if you've not done so already so you don't miss future uploads. This episode of Weird Darkness is brought to you by the Nocturnal Readers Box at thenocturnalreadersbox.com and be listening at the end of this episode as I give you a very special deal that they are offering only to Weirdo family members. Now bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn off your lights, and come with me into the Weird Dark. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love. Yes. somewhere in the late 1990s or early 2000s, and at that time I was employed as an engineering manager. Where I worked there were three buildings, each joined together by tunnels approximately 10 yards long. Each building held about 300 employees. I had an engineering team of about 11 men. One was a young man named Ian who, like myself, had not worked there very long only a matter of about six months. One day I was in the boiler house when Ian came in and we just started a general chit-chat. He asked did I believe in ghosts, and then he began telling me a story of how not long after he had started to work for the company, he had been in the very boiler house in which we were standing when an elderly gentleman walked in. He described him as in his seventies, with gray hair and wearing a boiler suit. He spoke to him, but he didn't answer but just looked around and walked out. He said he had never seen this gentleman before. He asked one of the older engineers who he was, and he described him. The other engineer replied, You're describing Charlie, who was the boiler attendant here, but it can't be as he passed away about a year ago. I spoke to the engineer involved, and he verified this story. A few months later I was speaking with a female supervisor, and she told me that one night after the plant was empty she had witnessed a lady walking into the lady's toilet. Wondering who she was, she followed her in and was surprised to find no one in there. The next day she described the lady to one of the managers. He replied as before that it couldn't be the lady described as she had been killed in a traffic accident on her way home from work some time ago. I must admit these stories unnerved me somewhat as I normally was the last one out and used to set the alarms on my way out. Not so bad in the summer when the nights were light, but in autumn and winter's dark nights I had to walk to the center of the building to throw the main power switch leaving the buildings in total darkness and found my way to the exit by torchlight. It unnerved me so much that I had PIRs installed in the building that would light up as I passed through. There was also an upstairs in each building. 
No one worked up there, but I had to on many occasions go up there to check services, and I will admit I always felt as if someone was watching me. When we moved into our house, we already knew that a lady that had lived there had passed away in the house. When we moved in, we did some updates to the house. Our daughter and her family moved in with us when they fell on hard times. We told them they could move upstairs since it was two big rooms up there. One night, the son-in-law came down to use the restroom. It was around 3 in the morning. There stands this boy half asleep and he's thinking it's our grandson, so he goes to pat him on the top of his head, and his hand went right through the boy. He freaks out and runs out the door in the middle of winter. Took him a while to come back in. Then a few nights later, in the middle of the night, we were all woke up by my closed bedroom door shaking. I thought the dog wanted to get in the bedroom, but when I got up to let him in, I opened the door and no one was there, and my dog was laying on the other side of the bed on the floor. The next morning, my daughter comes down for coffee. As we're sitting there, she asks me if my bedroom door was shaking because hers was, and they were too freaked out to open the door. We had nothing going on for a couple of weeks, until one evening our grandkids came running down the stairs screaming that there was a boy with no eyes and he told them he didn't want them to leave the room. I had had enough of this. Time to take my house back. I grabbed my Bible and up the stairs I went. I started telling whatever was up there that we were children of God and it was time for it to go wherever it came from. I kept doing this over and over again. From then on, we never heard anything. When I was expecting my first child, I was often home alone at night. My husband worked nights. I was so in love. I tried to keep his hours, I did my housework at night, and tried to sleep days like him. One night, as I was washing the dishes, I kept getting an uneasy feeling that someone was staring at me. Since we had a galley kitchen, this wasn't really possible unless someone was in the house the feeling persisted. Finally, feeling scared but silly, I turned around to reassure myself that I was alone. There behind me was a monk. A big hood covered his head and shaded his face. His head appeared bent down as if in prayer. His robe was brown and of a rough texture. His belt was rope. His hands were crossed in front of him and each in the other sleeve. I took a deep inward breath, a ragged breath of fear, an inward scream. The monk then glided out of the kitchen and into the bedroom. I slammed the bedroom door and ran outside in my bare feet. I stayed out until my husband finished his shift and came home. He searched the apartment and found nothing. In afterthought, I realized that the monk was not human. 
because he moved without footsteps. He appeared solid. I could see the texture of his garment, but he was not of this world. I'm glad that I didn't see his face. This happened around seven years ago. I'm 14 now, and I'm still freaked out by this event. So I was calmly sleeping in my bed when I woke up. Nothing out of the ordinary. I realized the covers were moved over as my feet were hanging out of the bed. As I looked around the room, I saw a boy stood right at the foot of my bed just looking at me. I ran out of the room screaming, waking my mom, dad, and even a neighbor heard me. We all went back into the room to look around, but nothing was there. Ever since that night, nothing further has happened. However, the occasional object has moved. About three weeks ago, I woke at around 2.30 a.m. I sleep on my side and I could see the floor and could see very clearly the shadow of someone standing over me. I turned around as fast as I could to see nothing there, and then the door slammed. I managed to get back to sleep that night to awake an hour later in the same position to see the shadow of someone standing over me again, only this time it was so close I could feel someone's breath on the back of my neck and it was making some sort of clicking sound like it was trying to speak but couldn't. As I turned over, I realized that the door was shut and there was nothing there. My friend has even left the room crying, saying something whispered in his ear and that he could see a shadow around the house. He said this before I told him any of the events that I have witnessed. very haunted farmhouse in Scotland, UK. We moved into our house around 11 years ago. Its remoteness is what attracted us initially and the views from the windows to the open fields and mountains beyond. Almost as soon as we moved in, we heard noises during the night and just assumed we had prowlers around the land, maybe poachers looking for rabbits or deer. We would arm ourselves and head off outside to confront whomever was there but never found anyone. Eight months passed, and one night, while we were in bed asleep, there was an almighty commotion coming from downstairs. We rushed downstairs as per usual, we headed outside. It was only when we came back inside we noticed the cause. A large brass ship's bell, which had been sitting on its rim on a high shelf in our pantry, was now laying in the middle of our kitchen floor. It had only traveled 15 feet down the hall and around three right-angle corners. We looked at each other and at that point realized that something paranormal had to be happening here. We're both well-educated people, scientists in fact, and over time we looked at all possible explanations and always drew a complete blank. Through the years, our house and friends have fascinated us. We've seen three apparitions. 
one teenage boy, one lady, and a gent. We think it's the boy who's playing games with us, though. We hear laughing when we see unusual activity, almost like a child undertaking a practical joke on someone whilst watching the scene unfold. We have seen objects move, objects disappear, literally, heard voices talking, whispering, objects floating, unpleasant smells, the list is endless. However, the most interesting and somewhat entertaining phenomenon is definitely the mimicry. We all have experienced this. Someone calls your name or speaks to you about something from another room in the voice of another family member. When replying, it becomes obvious that the family member has not sought your attention at all. In fact, most of the time they themselves hear nothing. To put it into context, one night we were sitting in the living room watching television. Our son was out in the car, and at around 10.30 p.m. we clearly heard him coming in through the back door, walking along the hall into the kitchen and opening and closing the fridge door, where he sighed and muttered something about us not having anything good to eat. He then, accidentally, kicked the cat's food dish. We heard it clearly, and he said, Oh, shit! It was our son's voice. We shouted back, Everything okay? And had no reply. We went to check on him, but he wasn't there. No one was there. Our son eventually came home after midnight. It was just another game for our friends. Nothing sinister has ever happened here, not to us anyway. Three years had passed when a workman arrived to paint our house. He got chatting to us, and out of the blue he asked us how we were getting on with the ghosts. We were shocked because we told few people about this. He went on to say that the previous occupier, who he knew personally, had left with her three young children in the middle of the night, terrified. She had also experienced paranormal activity, but was driven from the home when a window was smashed purposefully. Apparently, she wouldn't go back to even pack up her belongings, having vowed to never step foot there again. So, if all along it was the intent of our friends to frighten and chase us from here, then they have indeed failed dismally. We live with this. It doesn't frighten us at all. It actually entertains and educates us. Perhaps one day we'll even write a book. This is just a snippet from our daily lives. We could recall stories for a while yet, but don't want to go on too long. Welcome to our house. I have had several instances of doppelgangers. I had a period in my life when I was suffering from severe insomnia and depression. I was living with my mother then. I wouldn't sleep for three or four days at a time. One afternoon, I was finally able to fall asleep. Before I went to bed, I let my mom know that I was probably going to be asleep for a while. She told me she would be leaving to go visit a friend. She knew I was very tired. I drifted off to sleep after I heard her car take off. I don't know exactly how long it was after I fell into a deep sleep that I was scared awake. My bedroom door didn't latch properly, and it flew open with great force. 
Then I heard my mom say my name very angrily and loudly. I was really irritated and snapped back with, what? No reply. I looked out to see her car still gone. There was no one else that was in the home, let alone that could mimic her voice. During this time, mom was in the early stages of dementia and we didn't know it. Another instance also occurred when I lived with my mom, probably within a few months after the first experience. My sister built her home next door to mom. She's able to see mom's front porch from her living room window. One morning, she asks me, what the hell were you doing on mom's porch last night? I hadn't been. She and her partner both swore that they saw me standing very still and staring over to them. I was actually asleep that whole night. She even asked, well, what she thought was me, what I was doing, and I didn't say anything. She thought it was odd and it made them feel uneasy. Not too long after, I had some health issues occur. I felt like I was going crazy. My mom's dementia eventually led to her passing away. I've heard that doppelgangers are a warning that something bad is going to happen. In my experience, it did. The last one happened to my brother. At the time, he was about eight. My sister had been raising him since he was a baby due to my mom's health issues. One day, he asked my sister why she was just staring at him at night. He claimed that she would stand in his doorway and he said her face looked white. He would talk to her and she would continue to stare. Of course, she wouldn't do that to him. During this time, my sister was having very hard financial issues and also had depression. We started smudging our homes and it temporarily kept them away. After I moved away and mom passed, it seemed to have settled down. It has been several years since any doppelgangers have bothered us, knock on wood. I was afraid to be alone for quite a while. was young, I lived at my aunt's house. The house was huge, but was completely occupied as most of my relatives lived there. However, during the day, the house would be almost empty except for my older aunt and the housemaid, as most of the people living there went to work. One day, I was sent home early from school because I was sick. Upon arriving home, the housemaid prepared me some chicken soup and told me to eat it at the dining area. She left me there alone and I started to eat the soup. After a few minutes, I heard some voices coming from the second floor. At first, I couldn't make out what they were saying, but it sounded as if they were arguing. Straining to understand their conversation, I realized that it was my aunt and uncle's voice arguing over selling the old Jeep that my uncle was driving. Their voices were more audible now, and in fact, I thought that they were about to physically fight. I stopped eating and went and stood at the bottom of the stairway to listen more. That's when the housemaid saw me and asked me what I was doing there. I told her auntie and uncle were fighting. She looked at me as if I had said something terrible and told me to take my medicine. At that time, the voices had stopped, 
so I started to go up to the second floor to check on my aunt and uncle. The housemaid stopped me though, so I cried and said that something terrible might have happened upstairs because it had all gone silent after the argument I had heard. The housemaid told me to calm down because we were the only ones home at the time. weeks ago this happened to me. I was shopping in a mall with my dad north of San Diego. Across from the park there was a person talking to himself. He didn't have a phone and there was nobody else he could have possibly been talking to. Dad went ahead of me into the mall and I headed over to a convenience store to get some cigarettes. I had to go past this strange man I walked past him and he said he could not drive on any highway with the number 10 on it and he had to go in the direction of Los Angeles. I said that I couldn't help him. He said that I had to take him to Los Angeles. This was all strange as he would have to go on I-5 to get to LA. This was in the middle of the afternoon on a bright and sunny day. His eyes were coal black with no whites in them. He didn't show any emotion and spoke with a monotone voice that really did stand out in this area. His face looked almost dead in appearance. At the time, I thought he must have been some kind of drug addict, but I wasn't scared. There are a lot of drug addicts in Los Angeles. He told me that he wanted me to drive him to Los Angeles and would pay me good money. I told him no. He kept staring at me. I ignored him and walked into the store. As I paid for my cigarettes, the man walked around the corner and I didn't see him again. He didn't show any emotion. He wasn't angry, upset, or even threatening. He was just calm and patient. I told my dad about this person in the parking lot when I got back into the store, and he said that the man was probably crazy. Now I'm wondering if he was one of the black-eyed people. I think he was. I've seen these children, usually in groups of two late at night, roaming around the historic Route 66 or 6th Street. They seem to pick certain houses as I was told by an older lady who lives alone, they had knocked on her door and said that they'd been left and needed to use the phone. She wouldn't let them in. They seemed mad, but she shut the door and didn't answer again. I'm in the United States Air Force and I live on base. I have never encountered anything strange on base until this incident happened. I was on base one weekend, almost everyone else was home drinking, sleeping, or on duty. I had only stayed on base that weekend because I'd spent all my money. I was on my bunk watching a movie when I heard a knock at my door. 
I thought it was my roommate. I went and opened it. Instead of a roommate, I found two kids standing on the walkway. Only these kids freaked the hell out of me. I don't know what it was about them, but we're always told to listen to what's inside because it just might save your life. Right then, that voice was screaming at me to shut the door and lock those kids out. There was also the little telltale sign that these kids had pitch black eyes. I mean, there was absolutely no white or any other colors to them whatsoever, just pure black. I asked them what they were doing here at this time of night. One of them told me that it was cold out and that they wanted to come in and read. I had never met a kid that wanted to come in and read, and I knew for a fact that they didn't belong on this base. They didn't mention any parents, any broken down cars, or even how they managed to get this far out to the base. There was nothing sincere about these kids. They were playing a game. It was at this point when I noticed I could drag my eyes away from theirs. I felt like I was being sucked in. It felt absolutely horrendous, as though my life were being dragged from my body, screaming. They just stood there with their mouths closed, eyes staring into mine, no emotion at all. I prayed for someone else to come by, but nobody did. I glanced around. The kids stepped forward and I stepped back and slammed the door shut. I felt as though I were in grave danger. Every warning bell was going off in my head. I stepped back and fell on my bunk, drained of energy. I heard soft knocking against the door for a few minutes, shuffling feet, and then nothing. The next morning I went down and asked one of the officers on duty if he had seen the kids. He hadn't. Listening to your show, I believe I came face to face with these black-eyed kids on a military base. How they got in? I have no idea. Where did they go? I have no idea. But if they can get onto a military campus, they can get anywhere. girlfriend heard several of your stories about the black-eyed kids. She had an experience with these kids several months ago. I was away on business, and she was home alone with our dog Alex. She said she was reading while the TV was on, and our dog was peacefully sleeping on her lap. All at once, he suddenly sat up and stared intently at the door leading outside. He then began growling loudly and ran into the bedroom. He had never acted like that before, so she assumed it was just another weird thing that dogs do. He barks for no reason quite a lot. Just as she got comfortable again, the doorbell rang. She thought it was strange that someone would want to visit at that time of night, since most of our friends were most probably home and getting ready for bed themselves. She got up and peeked through the hole, but saw nothing. Shrugging her shoulders, she turned away from the door when someone knocked very loudly. She said the knock was several times louder than a normal knock. It actually made the door vibrate. She turned, opened the door, and saw a boy of around 12 standing there. 
She opened the door and asked what he wanted. There are other apartments around us, and she assumed that this child had either gotten locked out or was asking for help. She hadn't seen this boy around before. Apparently that is when she noticed his eyes. She said the light spilled out into the hall, but that his eyes were completely black. She said she was frozen to the spot as the child asked to be let in. That was when the dog had come out of the bedroom and lay out on the floor, barking crazily. The boy wanted to use the phone. Adina said she was almost certainly going to say yes, but as she stared into those black, dead eyes, she suddenly slammed the door and quickly bolted it. She said she listened for the child's footsteps to walk away, but heard nothing. After a few heart-stopping moments, she risked a look outside and the child had disappeared. She said she has never been so frightened in her life. There is nothing good about these kids or their visitations. I hope my story helps educate more people about their existence. Do you have a dark tale to tell? Fact or fiction, you can share your story at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. You can find links to all of the stories in this episode in the show notes. This episode of Weird Darkness was brought to you by the Nocturnal Readers Box, now an official sponsor of Weird Darkness. If you're a horror fan, you'll love it. As a subscriber to the Nocturnal Readers Box, every month you'll get at least two horror books, one new release and one previously released title. You'll always get a bookmark and a custom art print that is only available in the Nocturnal Readers Box. These are not shiny, glittery quotes. They are actual artworks commissioned per the theme each month. They always have seven or more items in the box every month, too, often more. And if you subscribe now, you'll get the May Nocturnal Readers Box themed Who Made This Bloody Effing Mess, featuring items inspired by Joe Lansdale, Robert McCammon, Anne Rice, Richard Lehman, and a very special wearable that you don't want to miss. Subscribe today at thenocturnalreadersbox.com. And there's a special deal just for you, my weirdo family. You can get 15% off your first subscription up to six months by using the promo code WEIRD15. All one word, no spaces. WEIRD15. That's WEIRD15. Sign up now at thenocturnalreadersbox.com. That's thenocturnalreadersbox.com or click the link in the show notes. I'm your creator and host, Darren Marlar. Thanks for joining me in the Weird Darkness.